Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I am here with the person we are all hoping is the next Pope of the Catholic Church, <laughs> Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. I'm not even Catholic. Hi, Joe. Yeah, but uh, isn't your mom a nun or something? She was a nun. Yep, and I was yeah, so, I, I mean, was baptized a Catholic, right so, so yeah, I, I guess in the you morning. Know what that means if your mom was a nun, your dad must have been a priest. I, everybody says that, but it's not true. <laughs> Well, it's it's good to have my West Coast friend here today, <laughs> and we have a great show. Of course, really we excited do. about today. We have uh, Nathan George, who is the founder and president as trade of Trade as One. Hey, Nathan, how are you? I'm very good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thank you. Yeah. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling from a very beautiful, sunny Santa Cruz in California. Oh, that's Rub it nice. in. Rub it oh, in. Man, that's a, there's a bingo <laughs> right there, huh? You know, we're just happy here in Boston. The snow is almost gone. <laughs> you know, but that's only because we've had so much rain, Nathan. You know, so, uh, but yeah, but uh, but the snow is gone and we're kind of looking forward to, to spring here. But wow, what a great location you're in. Well, we pay for it with our taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Hey, Nathan, let's start out. Tell us a little bit about uh, Trade as One and how you folks came into being and what you're trying to accomplish in the world. Uh, yeah, so Trade as One is a fair trade company, uh, and that means we sell products that uh, give dignified uh, jobs to some of the most marginalized and poorest people in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, those jobs bring uh, what we would term a living wage to them so that they can do all the things that we would expect to be able to do with our wages. Um, so, you know, educate our kids, provide healthcare and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a business approach. It's an enterprise approach to poverty alleviation by selling products that we need, mm -hmm. but that create uh, jobs. So this is not a charity model. It's not about, you know, hiving off a percentage of people's profits and mm -hmm. donating it. Um, this is just p straight and pure using the market mechanism um, to create jobs for the poor by uh, just ch making small adjustments to the sorts of things that we consume. Mm -hmm. So fair, so what Traders One, the way in which we do that is a um, primarily a subscription service. So people mm -hmm. get very excited about uh, the model of what we're doing mm -hmm. and just say, you know, I'm willing to convert. It typically works out to something like 2% of my annual grocery budget. Um, and just commit to uh, you send me every three months a box that comes to my doorstep full of uh, these uh, fair trade uh, produced uh, consumable items mm -hmm. and tell me the stories, connect me with the people. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy to subscribe to that. And in that way, use my need to exist and to consume um, as a way to create a better world. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And the, these boxes are, they're around $99 a pop. Is that correct? That's what people are paying. That's right. And uh, the, the boxes arrive, uh, like I said, every three months. So it's seasonal. Um, and what we do not do is send through samples. So we are really clear that these are full-sized products. So mm -hmm. full-sized bottles of olive oil or shampoo mm -hmm. or whatever it happens to be. Um, and so, you know, we're not really interested in just... Um, 
providing products to entertain people or, or you know, give them a taste of something. Right. We're looking for consumers who say, no, I want to convert a, a percentage of my consumption habits mm -hmm. to uh, this model of, of consuming. Mm -hmm. And where do you get the, where do you get these items? Do you get some of them in the United States, or do you get them from other places in the world? Um, for the most part, they're sourced from uh, you know some of the the you know, direst areas of the world um, uh, where people are very marginalized and small scale farmers uh, really have a very very hard time um, just existing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not exclusively so. So we do have products that we source in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, one would be uh, an organization based in Denver that works with women who have been uh, severely abused and mm -hmm. they give them jobs making, um, you know, soup and bean products. And, yep. and so, you know, it's exactly the same principle, but, mm -hmm. but just done here in the U.S. too. So how, how did you come up with this business idea? I mean, one of the reasons we had you on the show today is because this smacked of a good business idea, particularly the subscription part of it. So mm -hmm. how did this all come about? Was this the original business model? What have you learned along the way? I know you've been doing this for more than three days. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> what you've learned. Well, you know what, Joe? There's a lot of people who have been doing this for three days. So oh, I realize don't that, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is a crowded space. A lot of people are, are kind of almost every time I speak, I, I hear of three or four you know, new organizations that jump into doing something kind of roughly in this space. So you're completely right, Megan. We've been at it for seven years now, and I wish that I could tell you that I had a uh, fantastic uh, business model from day one, but I've learned things the hard way. Um, I, I wish I had the brains of an archbishop, but I, I perhaps <laughs> don't. Um, uh, but so what we have learned is from, from the very beginning, the intent, the vision of the company has always been the same. In other words, use our consumer dollars um, to create dignified jobs. Do not rely on charity to do that. Um, so we started out um, selling crafts. So for the most part, it was, you know, jewelry, bags, uh, houseware items, things like that. Um, and, you know, we were relatively successful at that. We sold a, a lot of those. But after a number of years, we realized there was a limit to the scalability of what we could do. Um, and the most concerning issue was we found in going through the data that uh, the average rate of purchase or repurchase that, that our customers were exhibiting was like 1.3 times. That's how many times they would purchase from us. Mm -hmm. So so what that said was people, when they hear about you, they get excited about it. Yep. They come onto your site, they buy it, and then they forget about you. They don't do yep. anything else after that. And, right. and it, it falls kind of in line with a typical way that people do charity as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they see a tear-jerking video, they want to do something, they write a check, and then they move on. It doesn't change their life. They don't build it into to the habitual way in which they go about uh, organizing their lives. And so that kind of prompted uh, a pretty profound uh, bunch of questions that we were asking ourselves. And um, so we, we moved our product set from, away from doing just crafts um, and into consumables because they obviously lend themselves to repurchasing. And we moved away from just a pure uh, kind of e-commerce e transaction model with customers and into... Um, look, hey, if you if you 
agree with the kind of thing that we want to achieve and the way in which we go about doing it, then we want you to commit right now. Let's do this. And at any point you can back out, but here's the subscription model. And we would love to think that over the course of two, three, four years, um, with every box that arrives at your doorstep, you will be inspired. You will be deeply connected to the stories of the small scale farmers. And so that's kind of, that's, that's how the shift occurred. It was, it was, you know, frankly, necessary for, for us to be able to thrive and to grow as a business. And how long have you been doing that subscription service? Well, we, we, we started to trial it round about, in the current form, in other words, quarterly subscriptions, mm-hmm. um, around about a year ago. Um, but we've tinkered with different ways of doing this. We've tried monthly, we, we, we tried different mixes of products. We've tried that for the last couple of years. And it's only been with this, um, this quarterly model, with, with all the other pieces around the program that we've now put in place, that we're really, really excited about um, the feedback we're getting from customers, uh, about the retention rates, um, all of the business metrics are just really, really exciting. Well, and your timing on this is really good, I think, because it seems like this is the, I mean, subscription services have been around forever, but it seems Mm -hmm. like, particularly this past holiday season, I saw so many, you know, uh, men's products, monthly delivery. Like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the new hip Mm -hmm. thing to be doing as as a gift. I understand this is slightly different because it's a consumable, but for example, I got my husband a salami of the month club, so he gets a new salami every month. So don't laugh. He's all excited about it. So this is, yeah. you know, this your timing, I think, is really good on this. And it's it's just interesting, you know, because everybody likes to get a big box in the mail full of new stuff. So uh, hopefully that will uh, that will sustain and bolster your business even more. Yeah. And I think we, um, you know, and this is genuinely so we we went into this um, having started trying it out a couple of years ago and we went into what we started with this new model about 12 months ago and got excited about it. And then we kind of looked around and went, wow, uh, this is a hot space. Um, but what we can understand, um, you know, some of it is going to be some companies are you know, just looking for ways to improve customer retention, and and they may or may not work, but um, the ones that will succeed are the ones that really bring uh, you know real value to customers long term. And I think part of the thing that we are excited about is people do lead um, just overly busy, complex lives, yeah, and do. and they yearn for a for better connection to the people behind the products and B for just a simpler way in which their lives can be managed. And so if you do that through through subscription, I think there's a lot of uh, potential for this, for this thing to really catch on. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's impressive about this though, is you have really been at this for years. Do you work in this business with your wife? Uh, I do. Um, And uh, yeah, so we we both founded uh, the company together seven years ago when we moved from the UK uh, over here to California to specifically to start this. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, it came from a long standing commitment to the issue of fair trade. We were involved with it back in the UK. And we just saw the states and believe it or not, with my accent, I am uh, an American citizen. My mother was from Denver. Um, (laughs) 
and so I, you know, we had the opportunity to to move over and do this because of my citizenship, and I just got very excited about the fact that here's the largest consumer economy in the world, and yet fair trade was nowhere close to the level of right. adoption and penetration to the UK or Europe. So that's why we moved. You know, it's interesting. You know, it's something that I've noticed, though, Nathan, which I think is interesting is, and I don't know if everyone would agree with me on this, but I think people from the UK like you and even people back in the UK are actually very progressive and innovative with their strategies. And I even see that on the cause marketing front, uh, because obviously most of it is focused here in the States, but I do see some stuff in Europe. And obviously a lot is happening in the UK. And there's a lot of progressive and innovative thinking coming out of the United Kingdom. Uh, interesting, yeah. Um, th there is a lot of focus on uh, just if you Google just the term ethical business, a yep. lot of w the results that you'll find will not be American companies. There will be British companies. It's a term that has um, r really you know, taken root there. Um, lots of reasons why I think, I mean, I'm focused on the you know, fair trade space. And there's lots of reasons why I think uh, the UK is ahead of the US in yeah in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting what you say. I mean, I, I'd love to have a, a sidebar conversation about your experience of, of those kind of those kind of differences as well. Well, you know, I'll just mention one in passing, like one thing that I'm really learning about is a company in the UK that is making text giving um, basically free. Uh, you know, hmm. because one of the big things about text giving is it's so damn expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, that no one can really do it, even though it's very intuitive and easy to do. And, you know, there's these companies in the UK that are really working on some great solutions. And I think Europe and the UK in general are really ahead on things like QR codes and mobile donations and stuff like that and, uh, and being really progressive. But I'd love to talk to more about you at some point about that. <laughs> That's a whole other show, isn't it? That's a That's whole, whole other show. show. Yeah. yeah that but really I mean, you you know, I live over the hill from Silicon Valley, and I've got to say, it is just so exciting to live in somewhere, live somewhere like this. You know, the the positive outlook on, you know, let's go change the world together. And if you fail, that's great. What are you going to do next? Um, it, the innovative thinking that comes out of an ecosystem of, uh, you know, millions of people together. Um, doing the, I I get very energized by, and I don't think I don't think it, you, you could find something like Silicon Valley quite anywhere else in the world. Yeah, interesting. Hey, yeah. I want to bring it back to trade as one for a little bit. I understand this is a very interesting sidebar conversation, mm. but I want to talk more about how you incorporate these stories. You keep you keep referencing making a connection with the people who are mm. providing these products with your customers. So, how exactly are you doing that on a quarterly or ongoing basis? You know, and one thing, if you could add on that too, Nathan, one of the things I'm really interested too is quality control. Mm. Since, like, you know, you're getting, you say you get these products from some of the most dire regions in the world. How do you ensure that things come in on time, that things are packaged in a way that people uh, will accept and use? Yeah. Uh, good question. Please, uh, I'll I'll answer the first and then go on to that. Mm. Uh, so because we've learned the hard way on that, as you might expect too. I bet. Yep. Uh, so yeah, how we connect? So we put a lot of effort into a uh, effectively it's a booklet, a mini book that uh, gets put into every box that goes out. We we um, and in that book, so we highlight one one of the it's 
anywhere between 12 and 15 products that are in the mm. box, but we take one of them out, we kind of lift it up, separate it from the others, make it almost like a, a presentation as you open the box, mm -hmm. and there's a booklet that goes with it. And so, you know, for example, this season, it happens to be rice. And so what we do is to say, here's the story of rice, the history of rice, where it's come from, the different varieties, the health benefits of it. Here's the story of the, the person who produced your rice, the, the cooperative from which it came. Here are the issues um, that face rice, rice farmers and why there is a justice issue in the supply chain. Uh, and then here's some recipes for these different um, varieties of rice that, that we're offering you too. So it, it allows people to, you know, when they're having a dinner party, just or when, when they're just sitting down eating rice with their kids, mm -hmm. just to be able to say there's, there's a whole world that we just skim across the top of. We have no idea about anything that comes into our house, the stories behind it. Let's, let's just talk about um, the rice industry, for example. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you know, keeping rural uh, families together in communities that have farmed rice for centuries prevents the selling of their girls into the brothels of mm -hmm. the urban areas. Like, mm -hmm. we don't make the connection. And yeah. so that's what we try and do through that booklet. Our, our dream ultimately is to, you know, have many other ways in which there can be a, a much more direct connection between consumers and the stories. Uh, but we're developing, we're, we're working on those. It's not something we've got right now. But, uh, you know, you can go on our website, you can order mm -hmm. anything that, it is contained in any of the boxes and as you go and look at those products you can click and see the stories of any of the producers behind them so that's how we do that that's great um so to answer your question on quality control yes mm. we've learned the hard way um mm -hmm. uh but you know what we have typically uh, said is look if well, a we we look at fair trade certified producers, and that just kind of is a hygiene level of um, you know competence in these producers. They know packaging has to be good, things has to be have to be USDA certified, mm -hmm. uh, all those good things. And then we also look for have you exported to the United States for more than two years? So. There's just a, a level of competence in organizations that have are able to answer those questions positively compared to the ones that, you know, and, and we love them. They, they have great stories that, you know, people are totally sincere in what they're trying to do. But mm -hmm. we've just been we've been burned by saying this is a great you know thing that yeah. they're doing somewhere. But, you know, guess what? All the honey arrives and it's crystallized and that's just no good for consumers. Right. So tell us, Nathan, and all this, there's got to be a funny story of something that you got either as a sample or as a product somewhere in the world. And you were like, you were like what the heck is this? Uh, well, you know, I guess you can try and laugh about them in hindsight, but at the time, you're not, they're just not funny. We'll think um, they're funny. Yeah, that's right. No, I just wondered too, like, you know, because I'm looking at your website and I'm looking at the basket and stuff like that. And it's so beautiful displayed and the products look also wonderful and you know so i'm looking at it i was like man but i could only imagine like you know has this guy ever got like tea leaves in like a tic-tac box or something like that you know so <laughs> um well <clears throat> from certain countries of the world we've had uh, we've opened up containers with this horrendous smell that has come out of it yep. um and this is for things like scarves and, and whatever and you just uh, go oh my gosh what just happened i think a cow died in here 
right. Well, you should be at, you should be at uh, Megan's house when the salami arrives. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's funny things that happen with consumers. One guy bought a teapot from us. You know that you 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 put your tea leaves in and pour boiling water in and allow it to steep before you pour it. And now he he wrote in and complained that when he put his teapot on the stove, it cracked. Well, duh. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I did that with a crock pot once. You ever got the guy that called you and said, like, hey, I found five five pounds of opium in my teapot? (laughs) (laughs) Could you send me me a thousand more? (laughs) Funnily enough, they never told us about that. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, we think this is a fantastic business and a super interesting business model. And I, it is so refreshing to talk to an entrepreneur in this space who is still at it because as we referenced earlier there are so many companies doing this thinking that it's going to be easy to get into you know because we're doing something good for the world it's going to give us this great competitive advantage and the truth Mm. is that that is not the case so we are fascinated with your business model and your business and we wish you all of the best and we're so grateful to have you on the show today can you Nathan tell our listeners where they can find out more about your organization if they would like to well yeah thank you um and it's been a delight to be with you both thank you so much for for the invitation to be on your show um so yeah uh it's tradeas1.com so that's simply trade t-r-a-d-e as a-s one spelled out o-n-e.com and you can see everything there's a, a video that explains the service um you can sign up there you can find out more about all the different products that are in the box and the stories behind them so trade is one um and find us on facebook too we, we've got thousands of people who are fans on facebook and we find that increasingly to be a place where mm-hmm. people engage in conversation they tell other people about it you know it's just a really exciting time to to be seeing uh, seeing how your message resonates with people and then having the platforms like twitter and, and facebook to be able to get that message out have you um ha- have you had any luck with uh, pinterest Nathan, uh, we, it would seem like that would be a good place for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, looking at fantastic pictures of, of recipes and, and so on is is great. We we are we are on Pinterest and um, we do get a response from that. We're you know I've got to say it's kind of early days compared yeah. to the level of fans on Facebook. Yeah, right, right. Um, but what's really interesting about Pinterest is there's a very close correlation to our target customer, and we know our target customer is the woman. Yeah, uh, is is the woman, and it's typically yep. a household budget owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Pinterest is a is a very very good correlation with that. Yeah, no, and I would think so. Anyways, speaking of Pinterest, Joe, where can people find you on Pinterest? Oh, that well, seems to be your new hangout. Pinterest, Nathan and I, are the only two guys on Pinterest. So <laughs> and no one busy pinning for the rest of us. We're looking for a third guy to take an eight hour <laughs> shift, just so everyone knows. Uh, but yeah, but uh, the, people obviously can find me on Pinterest, but of course they can find me on the, my blog, uh, selfishgiving.com. They can also find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can they find you? Uh, when I'm lock- not looking at your pins on Pinterest, you That's can find right. me yep. on Twitter at Megan Strand. I also tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF and blog very regularly for Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you can find Cause Talk Radio on Stitcher Smart Radio as well as iTunes. We do, speaking of subscription, we do encourage you to mm. subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. And on nope. behalf of Nathan and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us today for Cause Talk Radio. We'll talk to you next time.